Okay, here we go. You ready? Ready. Are you sure? Yes. All right, because guess what? This is major. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. It's another episode of <clears throat> Not Too Taboo. <laughs> and uh, I am here with Gretchen Christine Rossi, my boss babe. Uh-huh. And I am her uh, politically incorrect partner. Yes, that is for sure. Okay, you guys, buckle up. We are going to be talking politics today, okay? So the good news about who our guest is today is he's not a career politician, which I love about him. He um, is an incredible man, though. I love what he stands for. I love what he's doing. I love that he is literally changing the landscape of what is happening right now, especially in California. Um, You know, and I'm super excited because he is major. And in fact, he is Major (laughs) Williams, you guys. He's running for governor of California in 2022 against incumbent governor Gavinor Newsom. And Mr. Williams is a successful businessman, community leader, and daddy of three little boys. We have met him a few times, and he is so, so smart. And we invited him on the show to learn some more about what he is doing. And uh, we're so excited and honored to have you today. Major Williams, welcome. Major Williams. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This is a great opportunity. I've been... uh, I've been anticipating coming on here to be able to share with you and some of your artists as well. So let's get down to it. Let's get down to it. Okay. Now so you have to you have to tell the listening audience that you, you and the major are, have been connected. Yes. So you guys, major. How I met major. Just a real quick little thing of how I met major. I was on social media. Obviously, you you out there that follow me on social media know how much I've taken a stance on the sex trafficking and everything that's going on in our world. Um, I was one of those people that was a little naive to what was happening and I got deeply involved. And in that process, that's how I came across Major Williams. And I saw him literally on the front lines with everyone marching and taking a stance and doing these things. And that really just spoke to my heart. And I said, who is this guy? What is this guy doing? How You don't ever see candidates that on the ground doing these things, at least anymore now in the day and age of what I have seen. And um, I started looking up his policies. I immediately went to his website um, and I started looking up his policies and what he stood for. And beyond that, I found out not only does he have amazing policies and he's really about change, but he's a man of faith. And so then I was really intrigued and I wanted to get to know and understand him better. And as I did that, we connected on social media. And um, then I just recently met him at an event for Tim Ballard um, for the yes. showing of The Sound of Freedom. So that was really exciting. Then I got to hug him in person and say, thank you. Thank you for you know everything that you're doing and trying to make a big change. So first question for you, Major, is... Why are you running for governor? Like, why did you decide to jump into this? This is a big undertaking for you. Like, nobody's ever asked that question to you before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be honest with you, there's uh, there's multiple layers on why I decided to run. But from a simplistic standpoint is that I'm a disgruntled Californian and also Mm -hmm. a disgruntled parent here in our state. Um, Having a background in uh, small business development and entrepreneurism, um, you know, I just felt like we needed a culture shift in leadership. Anytime you have uh, leadership that's making decisions on your behalf, they can't really uh, relate to what's going on with you personally or even the, cl- the climate of our small businesses or entrepreneur community as well, then you're going to have the disconnect what we have right now. And, you know, as you said earlier, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm a Christian. 
And whenever you have, whenever you take that particular aspect out of leadership, you have what you have right now, which is chaos, division, and it creates erosion. And so I wanted to, with permission of my wife, uh, be the voice of change uh, for California and take that huge sacrifice. And also just the whole notion of why not, right? So when I look at the qualifications uh, to run for governor, it's not hard. You just go in there and I check all the boxes. And I think that's going to usher in a different mindset. It's not about the individuals having 13 master degrees and being in politics 30, right. 40 years, because we've learned that that doesn't automatically mean that you are our leadership material, right? right? And we've seen it happen over and over again. So now we need an electrician to be the mayor of a town or to be an elected official, because in my personal opinion, they deal in completion. If they go in to do a job, they have to complete that job versus versus the politicians. Now they chase their tails like a dog. So I'm running because there's huge opportunity and I have so much more value to add. And my leadership brand is about comes from a collaborative effort, joining forces with guys like you and so many other people to interject and add their value to the so-called complex issues of California. Right. You know what I love about that? Because we've been doing a lot of research. We've been studying some of your policies and reading through everything. And that's why we were so excited to talk with you. But at, at, the, at the bottom of it all, he still had to get permission from his wife. I know. That's a smart man right I there. I have to get permission with anything I do. So this, you're so relatable, Major. That is a smart man. Um, okay. So Major, just for those out there that maybe don't know. So Major is a Republican, but just a little backstory, you guys. He was actually a Democrat before, and then um, he, he flipped to the other side. Um, so tell us just a little bit about that, because I think sometimes, especially in today's culture, um, there's so much diversity and there's so much, you know, I'm a, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican. And I feel like, um, we're missing the core of what we really need to be focused on. It's like, there's so much division and so many, so many fights going on. And, you know, I was talking about this earlier about, you know, our, country is founded on democracy. And that means being able to come together and have two different opinions and be able to talk through it, be able to communicate without this, you know, fighting and divide and all of this stuff. And that's what I love about you is you stand up there and you say, yes, I am a Republican, but it's so much more than that. Absolutely. And I tell everyone, yes, I'm a Republican, but my campaign, well, not, uh, first of all, disclaimer, this is not my campaign. This is our campaign. Right. This is your campaign. This is your campaign. This is all of our campaign. And this is a great opportunity for all of us. And that's the representation of our campaign from the beginning. It's about inclusion and, and making sure that everyone had input in what we're doing. And yes, I was a, a Democrat. My mother was. Uh, my grandparents were. But honestly, I tell people that was by default. I wasn't politically active. And not until I became politically active and, and became a part of a political campaign, which was Cole Harris's campaign for lieutenant governor, that I truly understand policy as it was explained and I was educated throughout that process. Because me, it's pretty simplistic. If you understand policy, it gives you a better a measuring tool to see what you're truly for, what your stances are. And it would just identify to me that how I live my life anyway is really up under that umbrella of, uh, of the Republican Party. But our campaign is about Californians. At the end of the day, just like you said, I feel like myself personally, I'm a hybrid because I just truly care about people. Right. I don't care about your agenda. That's not my role to come in here and try to clean house on people's ideology. It's about California because we are at a pinnacle point right now. And our campaign is hopefully working to capitalize on it because for the first time in probably a decade, we are most definitely unified in one thing right now. And that one thing is 
frustration. That's frustration. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you know, yeah. We, you're we equally frustrated. In frustration. Our yeah. campaign is getting calls from uh, independents, from Democrats, Republicans, first-time voters. I met a woman two days ago. She was 50 years old. And she came up to me with tears in her eyes and said this would be her first time voting when she votes for me to become mm-hmm. the next governor. Wow. And I literally, I literally got choked up myself. I had like, you know, chills, right? But that's what this movement is doing because it's not my movement. It truly is our movement and our opportunity for us to change the culture and the brand of what, re- of what real leadership truly looks like in today's era. We can't keep, we can't keep trying to uh, conceptualize the traditional ideology on your process as a voter, how you choose a candidate. Oh, what's your platform? Like we use the same rhetoric, the same questions right. over and over again. Then we wonder why we get the same or similar results in regards to the people that we select, which is why I'm proud that I do have grammatical errors on my social media <laughs> because it's me and I'm busy like everyone else. And it yeah. is what it is. That's yeah. the reality that we live in. I'm not trying to paint this picture, this perfect uh, this perfect individual that has it all figured out. I'm saying, hey, I'm a smart guy. I've been personally successful in my opinion, but I don't have all the answers. Yeah. And I also don't think it's going to come from everyone from with a Harvard degree. It's going to take, it's going to come from people within your audience to be able to interject and also have someone in leadership that's open to listen to them. So that's why I'm running. Well, what's literally refreshing about what you're saying is yeah. if you think back at the history of politics and the way things have gone, these these politicians, the career politicians, they stand up and they tell you about their plan, mm-hmm. right? They have their yeah. agenda, their plan. This mm-hmm. is what they're going to do. And you really do get the feeling that they really haven't taken the time to listen to the people. They really mm-hmm. haven't taken the time to listen to what's happening on a local community-based level. So I think it's really refreshing that, you know, you're, you're wanting to do that. Well, and I think that's the problem that many are having with Newsom right now is a lot of people that don't realize with Governor Newsom, he is... Uh, what's the word that we were using earlier? There's, there's because of the nepotism, nepotism, because of the family relations where these four families are, you know, basically con- tossing power back and forth between each other. Yeah, in California, and yeah. like the thing is, is that they have such a set agenda. They know exactly what they're doing, exactly what they're going for. They're being paid by law. All the stuff that happens, and I think our culture, our world is just over it. And I think that's why we have so many Trump supporters out there too. I just think people are sick of the politics. They really want to see change. I mean, when we, we had friends just come in from Florida and they literally, um, they were like crying because they were like, what happened to LA? Like it used to be this gorgeous, beautiful place that we would come to. And now we're driving under the underpasses and there's tents everywhere. The homelessness is out of control. And, you know, now with COVID going on and the protests and the wildfires, and like we see so many people wanting to move out of the state to the point where they're actually talking about creating a tax for people that move out of California. I mean, it's just ludicrous and ridiculous. Major, what, because we have a limited time with you, I kind of just want to get right into it. Talk to us a little bit about what you intend to do with those major issues that we are dealing with right now. So as as I continue to kind of like beat the pavement, so to speak, and talk to uh, different communities in different cities, one of the key issues is homelessness. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mindset is a little different when it comes to homelessness. And I recognize certain things with our government. If you have a government or someone in leadership that looks at homelessness like a business, that means that that structure in itself is going to be incentivized. And there's no true checks and balances when it comes to that, because a business you want to keep open. Mm -hmm. 
Right. I actually look at homelessness a lot different. I treat, I look at it through a different lens, like a service. And that means that our state funds going to these facilities have to implement checks and balances and accountability. It's about what are we producing or reproducing as far as getting people reacclimated back into society. And if they are not delivering from at that standpoint, we're going to pull those funds and put it in facilities that's going to uh, reacclimate those individuals back into society. Now, it's easier said than done because there's multiple layers on how we have to attack that, which we have a plan for. One of those things is going and making sure that we put a lot of attention and funding into mental health hospitals. Mm-hmm. Also making sure that we have the best rehab facilities. In addition to that, create wraparound services. Wraparound services is a cultivation of services that's going to actually get people involved in a trade, learning a skill, helping get jobs, and also helping get housing. So we know that that's important and it's going to take time, but we have to be aggressive about that. But we would never get to that point of putting a dent in our in our homeless community if we don't have that mindset. And currently, we haven't had that mindset for a good while. And with the homelessness up under Gavin Newsom, it has done nothing but increase. Um, right. And I'm trying to work hard to make it decrease. Another thing is making sure that you, for the first time, you have leadership that acknowledges the backbone of California, which is our small businesses, right? right? So as a government, as leaders, we always reward banks. We always reward big companies. I will be the first governor in personal leadership that truly creates a stimulus for four years for our small businesses. Dealing with this COVID, we have businesses that are right on the edge or that has shut down. I'm going to go and do a full audit of all of our wasteful spending because everyone knows that we don't have a revenue problem. We have a spending problem and mismanagement. Right. So now that I'm behind so the curtains, we'll be able to find those funds and be able to get a stimulus for our small businesses. I love that. Um, another thing that I saw um, that you had said was it's time to eliminate the homeless services that enable our homeless community. And I felt like that was such a powerful statement because I feel like the thing that I love that's different about you that has stood out to me is, you know, you reference about teaching people how to truly be able to do something and become capable on their own. It's like, you know, you reference Jesus um, with... Well, this is this is not... Give them a fish and feed them yeah. for a day, but yeah. teach them the fish yeah. and feed them for a lifetime. But that's my point. That's yeah. that's a philosophy that he stand that he has the backbone of what he's his policies are on. And I love that because I feel like that's what we're missing. It's like we just keep going, help the homeless, give them more opportunities, enable and you're truly enabling these people because if it's not uncomfortable for them and they're they're enjoying their yeah. lives and they're popping their tents up everywhere, there's no yeah. reason for them to have to stop doing it and True. and stop being there. And but, I love but that. But this is also why what we've read about too, that I love the fact that you're you're becoming an advocate for transparency. Yes. Because if if people really understood what was happening, understand yeah. that, you know, Governor Newsom was trying to give seventy-five million dollars to illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. Not support the people that are here, but give it to Well, that was the first to, time it's hundred and twenty-five million in total. Yeah, with his with the other private donations that were happening, right? Oh my or gosh. you see that Gavin Newsom has done a billion dollar mask deal with China. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I I know people in the PPE space. I know for a fact there's intermediaries and those people are making 10 cents on that deal per per box which could be a 100 yeah. million dollar commission that someone's pocketing. 
first off. Secondly, why is that not being given to 3M, 3M or being given yeah. to a U.S.-based company that can produce the same products? Right. And mm -hmm. I know the government has put mandates on companies that are here in the U.S., thanks to Trump, where they're not gouging or overcharging and they're making sure that product is going to first responders, hospitals, you know, miss, uh, uh, police officers and so forth. So there's a better way to do it. Why? I don't know. He's got such an agenda. And I think that's what people are so frustrated about. So your transparency. Uh, well, I love is, he said once about allowing taxpayers to actually log in and see where the money is going. And I thought that yeah, was so amazing. Like, who? and and I think you were asked in, in an interview that I heard that they said, somebody said, has that ever been done? And you're like, nope. Mm -hmm. and, and I want it to be done. A lot of us are a little naive to what's happening. A lot of us are clueless where to go and get the resources and get the information. And I think that's part of the disconnect for everyone is they don't realize how much they do have the power to make change and and um, and stand up for you know what is good for them. But how do we change what we don't know about? Right, and the best way is to create the best messengers, create create uh, great messaging and connect with people. The reason why I thought of the, the digital dashboard uh, because it, it works in two ways. One of them, if it doesn't happen, we'll be able to identify the culprits that was against it. Because ultimately, it's like, what do we have to hide? Yep. Who's trying to hide it? Because yep. these individuals have to get voted for once more also. So mm -hmm. now we fight differently. So if I want to get bills passed, but I can, I can position them to be... Uh, hugely disliked by their districts because of what they are for or against. So that's why I tell people all the time, when they think this is such a hard job, my job is negotiations and using leverage and being aggressively patient. And that's the key to my right. whole process, right? It's, this is a marathon. It's not a race. And there's no magic wand for any of these things. But you also have to have the first step. And the first step is having the right type of leadership that truly knows how to get things done within that particular culture. Right. No, I totally agree. Um, I also love how you've talked about generating income in, in, in conventional ways, um, unconventional ways, sorry. Um, I just, there's so many little tidbits, there's so many things I want to talk to you about because I just <laughs> love how you have these philosophies of like group economics. And um, can you touch a little bit on that? Because I think that's so interesting. I think people don't, I mean, there's people that are doing it like in Tulsa, Oklahoma um, and, yeah. and places like that, but I love... Um, what that stands for. So can you explain that a little bit more too? No, absolutely. It's just from doing a lot of uh, exploration online and just looking at opportunities and studying things in the past, like the Tulsa, uh, Tulsa fund also. There's the Tulsa real estate fund from a guy by the name Jay Morris in, in Atlanta that's doing great things with that. But he's one of many that are doing these different things. And so actually when I ran for mayor, I was promoting the community that was uh, you know, going unheard and having these difficulties to fight in a variety of ways. One of them is that you can do the activism thing and be in front of city hall every single day or you guys can group together and put funding into into a pot and start buying up the land within your own community therefore you are empowered and you gentrify your own community mm -hmm. at the end of the day and so i'm a huge advocate of uh community funding uh doing it yourself just like even with the campaign you know as far as hiring a million photographers or whatever which we do sometimes but i like to own all my camera equipment so we own the content you know, and it's just it's just changing the mindset. And how again, you, it goes 
Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, again, no, no. it goes back to the philosophy. Instead of just giving them the food, you're teaching them how to fish. You're teaching Absolutely. them how to get back involved and make money for themselves and get back involved in the community and feel like they are part of it now. And I, I just, I love those philosophies. So I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, love. No, and then it's about just being being that voice from a leadership perspective, showing them those opportunities, opportunities in a simplistic way. In a very simplistic way, yeah. I did a class, did a class last year for the Boys and Girls Club, and I brought a young man up in front of the class, and within 15 minutes, I gave him a company based upon his ideal. Fast forward today, he's making a good $700 a week, I'm sorry, $700 a month by selling t-shirts online. Yeah. And for him, that's a huge deal, but if he didn't know that he could start that company right now without any money, right. using drop shipping and use an image, put on your Instagram, like the image, you don't buy it until they pay you like all these things. People don't know some of these formulas that are readily available for them to take advantage of. And now he's thriving, a thriving young entrepreneur. Not right. only is it just for him, now his friends and families and peers are seeing him do it and they can go and mimic that success also. Right. But what, again, what's so great about that is I heard the story about the gal that you um, suggested to go do surveys so that she could pay yes. her rent that was going up. I mean, I love these stories because again, what sets you apart from somebody like Newsom is he says, oh, that's not my job or that's not my wheelhouse or that's not yeah. my role as governor. And it's like, you are literally out there with the people, you're listening to them. You've literally yeah. given out your cell phone and people can text you and reach out to you and say, this is the issue I have. He kind of reminds me um, of Randall on This Is Us where he, where they, they like, all the people would just come in and be like, let me just talk to you and hear what you have to say. And that's such a unique quality for somebody to have, because you literally are listening to what the people need. And instead of saying, sorry, not my problem, or I don't know how to do this, you are coming up with a solution for these people. And they are feeling like, oh my gosh, he actually really cares about my situation, about what yeah. I am dealing with here. And he's not saying, it's not my problem. It's, you know, it's the whole bigger picture well, here. Well, I love well, that. I, I, am a, I, don't, I am a manifestation of being frustrated that I didn't exist in other people, right? That, at the yeah. end of the day, if you don't see it, you go and create it. And that's yeah. what I've been able to cultivate over the last 10 years in regards to who I am today. It's just that I didn't see those individuals that existed, especially the last five years in politics. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be that person. And uh, and also, I told a group yesterday at a fundraiser, the day before yesterday, you have to be enthusiastic about being a candidate, not, not when you get the job. You have to be enthusiastic yeah. right now about this opportunity because you set trends and culture, and that spills over into when you actually are in that role. Right. Versus saying, oh, man, I hate the grind of the campaign or so much hard work. I'm like, no, this is great. This is easy. This is fantastic. Because if I take that same attitude once I actually win, because we are going to win. Yes, we are. Then it just is copy and paste in regards to my mindset to be able to continue up that same kind of effort, energy and excitement and connecting with real people every single day. And I think yeah, that's yeah. what was missing in politics. That is. That's so awesome. I, I literally yeah. want to take you to San Bernardino and have you tour with the, the superintendent of schools out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because uh, I've been working with the city, and it's such an impoverished area. There's so many challenges. The median income is so low. But yet, when you see what they've done in those schools, where they've taught, taught these kids literally how to go online, use a, a 3D printer to create products, sell those products, yes. it's happening at the elementary school level. And I, I was so blown away. I'm, I'm like, look, this is a model that other you know, counties and other states should be using to help empower their youth to understand how to put themselves in business and, and actually, you know, care for themselves and learn how to generate revenue. So I love the philosophy. I, I think it's brilliant. 
Yeah. And I, and I think I think it's going to transcend from a leadership perspective. It's good to have certain individuals, but we haven't had a true leader that really stood on that on that pedestal and shared at that capacity that truly mm-hmm. wanted to empower you and be a part of your culture. A gentleman stood up in my fundraiser last week. I didn't know who he was. I thought he was going to ask a Q&A because it was during the Q&A section. And he said, I just want to share something with, with the entire audience. He said that Major Williams' campaign is the fastest growing social media campaign of any Republican in California's most recent history. And that says that we're doing something really right and we're resonating with people because it's about Californians and empowering us to help us restore the state at the end of the day. Right. And the truth is, is that when you start to make true impact, you're going to hit opposition, right? Um, and I'm sure. Which I absolutely love. Yeah, no, but this is what I love about you. I love the fact that you run at it. You don't run away from it. You run at it. And I, you know, I hear these stories of you walking in and this guy was, you know, talking about wanting to like um, get aggressive with you. And you walked right up and you put your hand out and you shook his hand. And he was just like, I don't want to have trouble here. And you're like, I have no, I don't want to have trouble. Let's just talk. And I just love that you run at it. And so, um, you know, I have a question for you regarding Trump. As we know, you're a Trump supporter as well. Um, and, and, you know, I, the polls, the, the media, you know, they spin things. I like to call it fake news. Um, and they're saying that he doesn't have a great African American support. What is your thoughts on that? Where do you feel and how do you stand with Trump when it comes to, you know, um, a lot of Democrats claiming that he's racist and all of this stuff. Where's your stance well, on that? Especially, it's such a great question because you're you're in the thick of it, right? You're communicating yeah. with people on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and being sure. a man, an African American man, I'm sure that you know you have people challenging you on that. Like, how can you support this man because people are so convinced that this man is racist or whatever. So, what do you say to those people that that say that to you? Well, it de- it depends on the environment and also the tone. Sometimes when people tell me that he's racist, I say, you know, I'm an open-minded, free-thinking person. So can you explain to me how right. and what are those cases? And then it gives me an opportunity to be educated also. Right. Oftentimes they can't provide me with any of that information. And so, okay, so what's the next conversation? So can right. we start talking about policy in regards to what he's done in regards to opportunity zones, whether he's allowed people like me and Candace Owen to be able to go up and down the Congress halls and lie before the first step back prison restore, uh, prison uh, reform bill. If he's a racist, he's doing a horrible job at it from my perspective. But also, uh, this is how you truly reach them uh, on certain levels. I tell people, even in the urban community, which I grew up in, in the urban community, we've never known not to like Donald Trump. You know mm-hmm. why? Because he was a celebrity to us. He was the guy with the gold buildings, all the celebrities right. who were around him, Mike Tyson and uh, he's with, you know, uh, in every magazine and he's with all the girls with the Playboy thing. So for us, he was always the coolest guy ever. <laughs> Not until he came down the escalator where we told by media and the liberal left that we shouldn't like this guy because he's a racist. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know this guy helped fund Jesse Jackson's uh, right. political career back in the day. So explain to me how that is. And so we have those type of intimate conversations uh, and, and we're just being open and being real. And every time it happens, like I said, I, I lean into it. And I think now more than ever, because people like myself and so many others are stepping up and speaking on behalf of that, people are truly waking up. But mm-hmm. what's happening even more so, especially in California, that's not really the biggest thing because now it's really about Gavin. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah Trump no, it's so true. For them probably back six months or 12 months ago. But right now, Gavin is the biggest obstacle and, and choice of conversation for them moving forward. 
And I just think what I've been bringing to the table, if you research me, you look at my track record, you look at the social media, you get a good glimpse of or, or a good feel for what I represent uh, for our state and just in a political in, in a political space. So I don't I do come up against opposition, uh, but I'm OK with it. Yesterday, perfect example, we went to the airfield to see Trump, you know, yeah. you know, come in and the motorcade or whatever. And it's a bunch of patriots out there and it's and all these people around me. It's excitement, enthusiasm, people taking pictures. And this one car pulls up. The whole car is as African-Americans and they all have on their mask inside the car. <laughs> and the woman, she shouts at me and says, why are you smiling? I'm like, first of all, I'm happy. Uh, it's a great day. I woke up. And the second thing, as I'm walking towards her car, I'm introducing myself. She said, who are you? I said, I'm Major Williams. I'm running for governor of California. She said, against Gavin. I said, well, yes, I'm running against Gavin. She said, are you Republican? I said, yes, I'm a Republican. She said, you support the president? I said, yes, I support the president. She said, I don't know how that's going to work out for you. I said, what do you mean? I said, I think it's going to work out great because once you get to know me versus prejudging me, rolling up on me on the car right now, then it's going to give you a better opportunity to see what I am, what I'm about and who I am. Just like that, the entire car was like, he has a point. Yeah. So at least they gave me the, the, the time and day to say, I'm going to go and check out your website yeah. because I said, I'm a hybrid. I am for you. No different. I'm from everyone that's here right now as well. Right. Right. No. And that's, again, that's what I love about you is that, you know, and Slade and I spoke openly about this, you know, I voted Democrat before I voted Republican yeah. before. And honestly, four years ago, I didn't vote for Trump or Hillary. I didn't, because in good faith, I couldn't at that couldn't time. Choose. Um, but, but what's interesting is that, um, you know, I think again, what this comes down to is, is I want people to remember that we live in America. It's a democracy. This is a place where we should be able to openly talk and, you know, have dialogue with each other and be able to share our our opinions and not have such, you know, hate and anger in talking about these things and, and learning from each other. Like you just said, it's yeah. like, you know, because yes, I even had the talk before with the producers. I was like, okay, so tell me why you think that, you know, that, that, um, that Donald Trump might be racist. And it's like, you hear from their perspective and you go, okay, I could see that. And then you hear us from our perspective. So I think that's what's super important is that we really start getting back to that place where we can have this open dialogue. And that's why I love taking the time with you to do this and, because and, I want- and we, can, and we can agree to disagree, right? It's okay yes. to agree to disagree. The difference is, it's like, if I disagree with you, I'm, I'm still loving, I'm still civil yes. and I wish you well. The difference, yeah. difference between some of these individuals, they want me just obliterated just yeah. for whatever reason because I don't agree with them 100%. And to me, that's just asinine. It doesn't make sense to me. I yeah. know. Well, we know you have to go. I know you've got a 1230. Uh, is there anything you want to leave uh, leave us with? Uh, I'm as so we sad. Up? I have like 900 more questions. We have to get them back. We'll get them back. There'll be more. <laughs> no, no I, I definitely come back. One of the biggest things that I want to make sure that I come across in all my messaging is that to let everyone know that this campaign is our campaign collected together. So if you are frustrated, this is a window of opportunity for us to change the culture of Sacramento and also our policies and also leadership here in our state. I am not for special interests. I am for us. I'm a fighter against SB1, uh, 276 and 277 yep. and also SB5, AB5. Yep. This is a champion that you, for the first time, is not standing up looking down at you. But actually, that's right there on the ground with you standing side by side, willing to put the gloves on or take them off and fight with you and for you on the behalf of loving this state 
and looking to restore California. So please support me. And thank you guys for letting me come on. We can't say thank you enough, Major. I hope we can get you back on here to to talk more in depth um, about some more things. But thank you for your time. We know you are such a busy man. Um, we wish you so much continued success. And um, and we just, we appreciate you so much. So thanks for what you're thank doing you. to, to change this for us. Ladies and gentlemen, Major Williams. <laughs> Wow, Gretchen. There you go. Well, like, here's the problem. I had literally 600 more questions on my page. I know, but you have to get it back because he had got pulled into another meeting. Well, the thing is, is that when you're running for governor, you're very, very busy. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, I think, I don't know if when he scheduled this that he knew he was going to be up in Sacramento and doing all that stuff. But, um, you know, I just want to tell uh, some of the listeners out there that, you know, I explained to you how I met Major why I really, you know, was drawn to him. Um, and the first thing I did as, you know, a new mom and kind of going through the um, stuff that I went through with vaccinating Sky and all that stuff, I immediately went to the website and I looked up his stance on vaccinations. And when, um, you know, he doesn't believe that government should have a say in mandating a vaccine, um, I was like, okay, Yes. Like, I love this man. And so, um, you know, and he's for the Second Amendment, right? And I just, I don't know. I just, there was a lot of things about him. Um, I did, We didn't get to talk about Black Lives Matters. Um, we didn't Which get to talk. Which he's not a supporter of, by the way. Yeah. We didn't get to talk about defending the police. I mean, there's so many issues right now going on um, in the world that I, I, I really wanted to hear it from his perspective because I think it's always interesting when you're talking to... Um, an African-American person who's directly affected by these things um, and who was raised. I mean, a lot of people don't realize this, but he um, he grew up in Dallas, but he was raised by a single mom. He had no dad around. So, like, you know, he didn't come from the best environment in his life. And so, you know, he could be a very... He's dis- not coming from a political background. He's not coming from a connected family. Yeah. So like he, he says he he's could- literally a, a husband and uh, a father, and he's on the ground being affected. Yeah. He's a disgruntled Well, I was just going to say, but like he actually had a little bit of a disgruntled upbringing where it wasn't, you know, this perfect upbringing, and he didn't have everything handed to him. So it's interesting to see the other side of the coin because we've had people on this podcast that were um, very strong uh, believers in the Black Lives Matter movement, and I loved hearing that side too. And I think that's what my point is, is this podcast is about sharing all sides and then getting all the information that you can get and then coming to your own conclusions, but doing it with an open heart and an open mind and saying, even though somebody believes this, that's okay. I still accept. I still love them. Here's where I stand and this is why I stand this way. But it's about just really bringing all the information to you. But yeah. again, I, you know, we've said this many times before, Slade and I are people of faith and we just really um, are drawn to people that are willing to stand up for that fight for that, not be afraid for that. Um, I love that he's not a career politician. I love that he just embraces um, who he is. I mean, I've heard him do interviews where he's like, I used to wear my pants down low and I used to be a basketball player and thought I was a rapper, you know? Like, I just love that about him because it's just so real. And I love that he's like, I don't care that I have you know, misspellings on my social media and stuff like that, because it really does make him real. He's not super polished. He's not, you know, he doesn't sit in the media, what are they called? Media trainings. And they're like, okay, now you have to say this perfectly. And here's your mm-hmm. speech. And I no, like he's that. He's not being coached to I like deliver that. A, a glossy speech. If yeah. You will, because we need placate, that. Yeah. Because sometimes those politicians are actually trained to placate yes. to what they perceive to be 
the most important topics in order to win favor. And then they get they truly want to make a change. Well, and then they get in office and they don't do anything that they promise. So that's yeah. so frustrating. And I know that there's so much more to it than just like, this is what I'm going to do. And then it mm-hmm. happens. I get it. But still, it is frustrating. So I, I like a person um, that's a little less, you know, politically. Sure. Po- well, it's, political. it's refreshing. And we're excited yeah. to uh, continue to watch and, uh, and see what he's able to accomplish. Yeah. Right. So. You guys, we told you it was going to be politics. Sorry, it's politics. But again, maybe we should maybe we should get um, Gavin or Newsom on here, and then I could totally grill him like housewife reunion style. Gavin Newsom. What'd I say? Gavin or Newsom. Yeah. Oh, I said Gavin. <laughs> Gavin. Gavin. That's Newsom. hilarious. That's really funny Newsom. that I like mix the two words together. Yeah. That's really are, funny. Some people call him nuisance. Gavin. Yeah. Nuisance. Exactly. All I say is recall Newsom. Let's make it happen. <laughs> oh, she's going hard. Going hard. All right, would you like to, do you have a question of the day? Um, let's see. Because I know see. you have a lot of questions and you're very, you know, this this is all your fault. Well, uh, what do you so mean? Our, the, just the political movement that's happening right here. This is out of the ordinary for I us. I know. I don't normally do politics at all, you guys, but I'm one of those gals that's just fed up, especially in California. You know, I'm really, really frustrated about what's happening here. Obviously, we live here, and there's just so many things that affect us, being that we own small businesses, you know, the wildfires, everything that's just going on right now, the pandemic, the fact that, you know, we're all, you know, having to wear masks and do all these things, and Nancy Pelosi's walking into the freaking, you know, salon uh, without her mask and all this stuff, and then you have Governor Newsom up at his winery, you know, having wine with people, and by the way, I've seen, I've, you know, been told that they were literally firsthand because one of my followers' boyfriend works there. So it's stuff like that that I just get so frustrated about. It's like he shuts down all the wineries around town yeah. but keeps his open somehow. Yeah, it just yeah. stuff like that frustrates me because it's just not for the people. And so I've spoken up a little bit more than I normally would um, because I'm just I'm frustrated with the injustices that I feel like are happening in politics because they have very very clear agendas and they're getting paid and stuff is happening and it's frustrating me. So anyways, okay, I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. Wait, what's the question? The question is, is are you, do you, okay, let's put a little like challenge out there to you guys. In such a divisive country right now and, you know, the landscape right now is so divisive. Do you have you questioned yourself? Like, am I open to this? Am I open to, you know, coming back to what our foundation of what this country stands for, which is democracy, which is being able to have a right and a left and having people have an opinion and be able to come back to a a conversation or have dialogue with somebody where you can just openly speak and talk and not get heated and not get upset and not say you're wrong. Just be able to talk. Like, I just want to challenge you. It's maybe more of a challenge than a question to to do that with your friends and family. I've literally seen friendships of years, 30 plus years being torn apart because of what is happening the, the political landscape because of, of the political yeah. landscape yeah. right now. And it's been, it's been well, tough. It's been really sad to see this happening with people. It is. My, my question actually of the day would be, do you as an individual feel like we have to have some polished career politician who is, uh, working towards supposedly governing our state? Or are we open to having an individual that doesn't have a history of politics, but has a genuine interest in really kind of fixing uh, everything from the community level up. 
mm-hmm. you know, really, really getting involved and in, in acting, exacting some, some major change versus their own special interests. And what are you willing to do about it? Are you willing to stand up and do what I'm doing become an ambassador and speak up and share the information that you now know? Are you willing to go, you know, register to vote? Maybe you haven't done it before in the past and maybe now you're like, you know what? I'm going to register to vote. Instead of complaining and being frustrated about what's happening, know that you have the power to go make change and do what's necessary to, um, you know, take some power back. So. That's right. I like it, Gretchen. All right, and we're thanks. empowering all of our listeners and all of our friends out there to please download, please describe, Describe, please describe. Subscribe, (laughs) download, leave us a comment, and remember that there isn't any conversation that is too taboo. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Catch you soon.